while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Happy Friday and thanks for joining me. We have, uh, so we had State Rep Chris Hendricks um, on to talk about some of the earmarks he secured for the city of New Bedford and some of the uh, priorities with respect to tax relief um, that they are uh, working on in the tax uh, relief package and in the budget, uh, some of the earmarks in the budget. So that podcast just published. Uh, so it uh, should be in your, it should be on WBSM.com soon, the WBSM app. It should be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. I thought there was a lot of good stuff, a lot to unpack there. And so I think uh, it'll definitely be worth a listen when you get the moment, when you get a moment. Uh, for now, uh, we do know, you know, all that happened in the city council uh, last night with respect to the ballot questions. Um, all of them failed uh, to be overridden. So Mayor Mitchell's vetoes on those three ballot questions were sustained. We had Adam Bass live in city council chambers last night, and he was able to give us uh, on uh, real time updates of what was happening over there in the state house. And he's joining us now to talk about what it was like. Uh, I mean, at the state house, the at city hall. Hey, Adam. Good evening, Marcus. Adam, uh, first of all, thanks for um, reporting. Uh, uh, thanks for reporting last night. Uh, your stories on WBSM.com if people can check out. But what I wanted, um, you know, you were there. So I, I kind of mm -hmm. wanted that on the ground perspective of, of, how, everything, uh, of how everything went down. And I want to start in chronological order. So you got there earlier um, because there was uh, a rally that was organized for uh, in favor of the rent stabilization ballot question. Uh, Eric Andrade and the Coalition for Social Justice uh, had organized that rally. Um, and uh, I saw some clips of it. I saw some people I knew that had given some spirited discussion on it. But um, if you could just uh, tell us, you know, what was the attendance like and, you know, what went down at the rally? That's right, Marcus. Uh, the attendance was actually quite large. Around 50 to 60 people showed up for that rally. It's pretty good. Mostly, commu mostly community leaders who spoke out against the rising prices of New Bedford's rent in apartments. They said that the, the rents right now are tripling in terms of price. And the fact is that one of them said, you know, his daughter was not able to find an apartment in New Bedford. Wow. And to, qu to quote him, uh, the person Everett, uh, he said uh, that it would get worse before it gets better. Yeah. So uh, I know there was a lot of there was sort of an open mic format, right? Um, I That's saw right. some I saw some people speak on that. Um, I saw s some people speak on that issue uh, and gave some pretty. I saw um, someone I know in the city uh, who's uh, you know a great guy, uh, Brandon Cabral, gave a really spirited uh, speech um, in front of the residents as well. So, um, so we're speaking with Adam Bass. He's our city hall uh, reporter. He was live in city council chambers. How much of that rally moved into the chambers after? 
I would say about 70 to 80% of the rally. They were all very quiet per respect of the city council. Uh, city council president Linda Moore had asked them to be quiet as the, as the procedure went on that night. Mm-hmm. And they did, they did remain quiet. There was one point where they all clapped when Shane Burgo said, a t- councilor at large, Shane Burgo, who proposed the rent stabilization ballot question, said, there's not, a, there's not enough time to wait on housing. We need to get this rent stabilization in act now. And they all applauded, but they were quiet afterwards as, after a quick reminder. So it was a pretty packed house that night. So, um, yeah, that's a big like thing. You're not supposed to clap um, during the uh, during the uh, the meetings. That's been a that's been a thing for a while. Point of contention, actually, uh, for a while in the council chambers. But uh, Adam, so uh, the vote. We know the the results, right? The the of the rent stabilization ballot question. That one was the first that was taken up. We know that it failed. Um, we know that there was they needed eight votes. They only got six. It was a six to five split. And that uh, they needed an eight to three split to pass uh, for to override Mitchell's veto. So, uh, Adam, um, there was, you know, did other than Councillor Burgo and we, you know, we expected him to, to, to give a spirited defense of the ballot question. Um, were there any was there anybody else uh, that, that said anything that was you know fairly noteworthy? Yes. Uh, Councillor at large, Brian Gomes, said that he has seen the effects of high rent. Uh, firsthand, as he said, he went to supermarkets and he went to other public spaces, and he's heard from mothers and chil- and their children who, as he said, were shaking when they were not able to find the money to ri- to, to raise for their rent. He he, he called out Mayor Mitchell's uh, housing plan as not being react uh, proactive enough, and it was rather reactive. Uh, on the opposite side, you had Ward One Councilor Brad Markey, who said he understood the problems that renters were facing, but said that the solution had to be a a community solution. This involves uh, developers, the people in the community calling for rent stabilization, and the city itself. Uh, he, he quoted uh, his time in South Carolina as an example of a community solution and his time in a neighborhood that involved all three of those respective parties. Um, so, so who was that talking talk about their time in South Carolina, Brad? War, war, war one, Brad Markey. Okay. War one, Councilor Brad Markey. Right. So we're speaking. Uh, we're speaking with uh, and, and Brad Markey. Had, but Brad Markey voted against, and Brad, Brad Markey voted against moving that that question uh, forward. That's correct. So we're speaking with. Um, uh, we're speaking with Adam Bass. He's our city hall contributor. He was in council chambers last night for that big meeting. Um, anybody else that said anything that was particularly noteworthy um, on the issue? Or was there like, you know, sort of very little debate? Everybody kind of knew where they stood in the issue and just went forward. There was one counselor who said she would take her time when deciding this uh, initiative. And that was counselor at large, Naomi Carney. I was I was surprised to hear that she would that she said verbatim. I would wait until the last moment to make up my decision. Uh, Councilor Carney said that she was conflicted when deciding to vote yes to override or no to sustain based on the fact that she did not like the, the question being non-binding, meaning that it does not automatically go into effect if voted in, in favor of. Yeah. And she said, what are we going to do if we don't have any plan that actually creates rent stabilization and move forward with a non-binding ballot question? She she seemed mm. genuinely conflicted about the pros and cons of the of the measure. And ultimately, ultimately, she voted against it. Yes, yeah, she ultimately voted against it. I asked her why, 
And she said, because it's non-binding, she wanted a plan. And to quote her, what does rent stabilization look like? What does the plan look like? Yeah. Those are her words. I, I think a fair I think a fair question. So um, we're speaking with uh, we're speaking with Adam Bass. He is the he is the the city hall reporter. He was live in uh, council chambers. Adam, the next question was uh, reducing the mayoral term from four years to two years. It was made a four year term back in 2017 when there was an organized movement called Forward F O U R Forward um, Forward uh, that had put that on the ballot, had organized campaign, held visibilities, put up signs like a real campaign towards that. And uh, it seemed like this this ballot question seemed fairly blithely uh, thrown on the ballot without a lot, <clears throat> a lot of discussion. That one failed by the same margin. I know there were some crossover votes on that, but can you tell me, was there anything in particular said about it? Well, I should clarify that actually, it was actually voted to sustain. So one of the counselors made a motion to sustain. That was Ward 5 Counselor Scott Lima, and it was approved to be sustained by six to five. So, uh, uh, what, so it was a reverse of the rent, control, uh, rent stabilization vote. I should have made that more clear in my tweet. Yeah. Uh, so, so the majority of the counselors were against this provision. That's correct. Okay. Anything in? Okay. So it was a vote to sustain. So Lima had moved to sustain. We knew he had come out against this ballot question earlier in the week. Um, and so he voted to sustain the veto. So that means the six counselors that voted yes were actually voting against the ballot question to sustain the veto of Mayor Mitchell. Um, yeah, that's right. Anything in particular said about that ballot question that you found noteworthy? Well, again, I got to point to uh, Councillor Carney. She said the same thing she had with the first ballot question, that there was no specific plan if the mayor's term is limited to two years again. Yeah. She said, look, I, I want it to be binding a binding ballot question. I, I don't like doing this on non-binding ballot questions. Another person who made an interesting comment was Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira. He said that he supported the rent stabilization vote because no one in New Bedford had voted on it. But he said he did not support overriding the mayoral term question because people in New Bedford, as you said, Marcus, already voted on it. And on the other hand, you had counselors like Shane Burgo and Brian Gomes who said, let the people vote. What are you afraid of? So we're speaking with Adam Bass. Uh, he's a city hall reporter. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, basically they said they've already voted on it. It's only been, this is literally the first year of the full four-year term. Um, it's, and, you know, there hasn't really been any groundswell. Like there was, there was frankly was a groundswell um, to get that four-year term ballot question passed. That came up fairly organically with members of the community petitioning and campaigning on it. So, uh, Adam, anything else on that ballot question? Any other speeches that you found noteworthy? There was one, there was one speech I found interesting, and that was from Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver. It wasn't, he, was, he voted to override the question, mm -hmm. but it wasn't clear what he was trying to say. Uh, from what I understood, he was saying that he was a little concerned about the voters from the previous uh, election not having a say in this election and that it was by a close margin so okay. uh, from what from what i understand what i've talked to him for, to him about this is that he wanted those voters to have another say okay um okay uh so that one failed any other was there any um any sort of like it didn't well i, I i'm gonna ask that question at the end the next question was the cpa question uh council morad had put forward that ballot question um that 
like the other one sort of fell from the sky asking residents whether or not they wanted to repeal the Community Preservation Act. Um, what comment that that failed miserably, actually, uh, three to eight, um, uh, three to eight. So it was a, re- an, uh, a reversal of the minimum that they need, a minimum votes that they needed to get that on the ballot. So um, what comments were made uh, on that? Well, to begin with, uh, for our listeners, the Community Preservation Act was a law signed into into effect in 2000 that provides money for uh, open space projects and a community uh, affordable housing. Now, the argument for repealing this, according to Council President Linda Morad, was that she had heard from constituents that the surcharge the surcharge on the tax 1.5 percent was too much for their yeah. cost of living. It's worth noting nobody else has said they heard that phone call. She was the only one. One out of 11 counselors said they heard, they got phone calls on this. She was the only I one. Want, I, uh, Marcus, sorry for interrupting. I, I do I do actually want to comment on that because that's what Count Ward 4 Counselor Derek Baptiste said. He said that he has not heard comments from his, mm-hmm. uh, from his constituents about the surcharge. In fact, he said he heard the opposite. Yeah. Uh, quote, I like the Community Preservation Act. It really helps my community. Well, well De- Derek, too, uh, Derek's the counselor of Ward 4, which sees a great deal of uh, CP- CPA money. So um, it would make sense, actually, that, that he would hear from his community, hear, hear from the community about how important it is, because it is very important how important that, uh, how important that law uh, is for not just his neighborhood, but you know all the neighborhoods in New Bedford. So, so actually, you had count, you had cut, you had so you had Councilor Morad saying she got some phone calls from some people, and then other counselors saying I haven't heard a single thing. Actually, the only phone calls I've gotten were people telling me not to repeal this, right, to defend yeah, this. This was especially true with Ward Two Councilor Maria G. Jesta, and mm-hmm. she said, and she said the Community Preservation Act is a boon to my community. Yeah, it really helps. Uh, she she made that very clear in her speech. In fact, when the council first decided to send this to the mayor as a non-binding ballot question, uh, she changed her yes vote to a no vote uh, at the last minute. That's right. Now, now, Councilor Morad, in her speech defending this override, said she conducted a non-scientific poll yeah. uh, where she said she, she called, or excuse yeah. me, asked 190, 139 people yeah, about yeah. the Community Preservation Act, and she said 127 said repeal it. Yeah, now, yeah. to quote her, she said, you know, I had to explain what the surcharge was. Mm-hmm. And as a reporter, I'm just curious because when conducting a poll, and I know a lot of friends who do like to do polling, you need a methodology, you need to make sure where the poll is being conducted. Because How the questions be- are asked? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I I conduct. Also, it's like I can say that too. I conducted a poll of a thousand people. Nine hundred ninety-nine of them said they support the Community Preservation Act. You know, it's that easy. You can just say stuff. But I'm um, surprised you can find time to call a thousand people. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, yeah, or a hundred and thirty-nine. That's a lot of people to call. So uh, so especially with a you know a busy schedule. So um, so she said she called people, and most of them agree. You know, most of them agreed with her. Uh, with their quote-unquote non-scientific poll, um, that wasn't enough to convince the counselors, obviously, uh, who had only heard, who have apparently only heard the opposite from their constituents. But I'm interested in uh, Councilor Burgo's comments on it because Councilor Burgo is a is a strong proponent of the CPA, and I've had a you know I mean me and McCarthy had some debate with him uh, about you know his vote on this 
the last time. And Shane's done really good work to bring housing to the forefront of, of the issues and, and CPA so important for housing. So what was his what was his rationale for being one of the three councillors that voted in favor of moving this question forward? Well, Marcus, the, the, the argument that uh, Councillor Burgo made was that he did support the Community Preservation Act. Yeah. He said he would go out and campaign for it if it was put on the ballot. But he said, in, in the similarity to the other ones, the other two questions, let the people vote. Let the people decide. And again, that question was rebuffed by Councillor Pereira, who said, look, this was already voted on, and this was already done years ago. Yeah. Let, let's put this aside. Yeah. So the, the, the combination of, of Burgo, Gomes, and Morad is all about letting the people vote in their own words. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess it's just like, if the, if that's the case, if there's no like groundswell or any real call for any action, like there wasn't any on those, I mean, how rent control you can see because there's, there's housing, um, uh, which is a serious, serious problem. Um, but the other two, that, that those just fell from the sky. So if that's the logic, I mean, why don't they just... Why don't they just have everybody, why don't they just put everything on the ballot and have people vote on everything if that's the way you want to govern? So, um, so, so, uh, Adam, uh, what was, were there any, were there any, like, any, any, like, how, how, were tensions fraught in there? Was there anything said that you found particularly, let's say, combative? Well, from, from the onlookers and, and those observing, they were very quiet and they left after the rent, the rent stabilization program. And they said very quietly they're going to keep fighting. Yeah. But from the counselors, there was a back and forth. Um, for example, Sean Oliver made this comment on the rent stabilization argument saying that, you know, we need to take time when implementing new housing. Mayor John Mitchell just uh, this month, I believe, released a comprehensive housing plan. He said, look, you know, it's not perfect, but this is a blueprint we can get started on. And uh, Councillor Carney agreed. Councillor Burgo said, there's not enough time and we cannot lead by fear. And in response to that, Councillor Carney said, we're not leading by fear. We're putting our foot forward on this. So there's really a, 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 ta- a conversation about what is the best type of approach to address the housing crisis in New Bedford, Barnes, because the housing crisis is not going to be solved with just building new housing or rent stabilization on its own. There's things to be addressed like low-income housing, middle-class middle, middle class housing, yeah. uh, rental protections. Yeah. So, um, so, so Councillor Carney's saying, basically, why don't we just, like, make some ordinances? You know, why don't we actually do, do the job of making some policy? Uh, she well, she she said that we're we're working on it, yeah. and that we're, we're not trying to skip. Well, that's not what she said. She said the developers are coming. Yeah, uh, Burgo asked, that's "Where true. are the developers that Mayor Mitchell has been asking to come?" And Carney says, "They're coming. They're right here. They haven't left." So we're speaking with Adam Bass. Uh, I heard was there a counselor that said something in particular about the media? Yes, that was Councillor Gomes. Now I'd like to I like to say this. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with talking about the media. Oh, of course. What we do um, as a journalist, you know, we, we, we try we... to talk about ourselves a little less. But yeah. in that regard, he said that uh, the folks here at WBSM may, and New Bedford White need to cover the whole story and press releases that the council has been uh, releasing on housing and on the mayoral term. Okay. 
I mean, we we definitely covered all those uh, press releases. We covered his press release, Morad's, and Burgos for sure, and Lima's. Um, so, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, I, you're right; it's fine to talk about the media, have criticisms, um, or you know, uh, anybody in a public position is worthy of criticism. Uh, so I agree. I agree. Um, so, Adam, anything else in particular in this meeting um, that stood out to you? Well, there was one thing that happened before when I had to go in order to write the story, and that's that they approved the confirmation of the Greater New Bedford uh, Vocational Technical School Board member, Carol Pimentel, which, whose uh, nomination had been in limbo until Sean Oliver was elected. And true to his word, Oliver was the swing vote to appoint her to the board. Yep, that's right. Uh, he actually seconded the motion. Uh, Burgo put it forward. Uh, Oliver seconded the motion, and it went forward 6-5. to five. So... That was a uh, hard-fought battle for for Mayor Mitchell and for Council Burgo, actually, who led the charge on that. So good on them. Adam, I appreciate you joining me this evening. Uh, I know tomorrow you got to get up early because tomorrow you're doing the Saturday news uh, at uh, at um, here at WBSM. So people tune into the Brian Thomas, uh, uh, you know, Brian's Beat or um, or the Ken Pittman show or Money Matters or the Jess Machado show. They're going to hear you doing the news. That's right. And you can find me at WBSM in Fairhaven or at my Twitter, Adam Passive Mass. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you reporting live in Council Chambers. That was great work. Thank you, Marcus. Adam Bass, our City Hall guy, and our Saturday News guy now. Adam's Adam's been doing the Saturday News uh, for us here, which is really important. It allows us to get... Um, you know, it's it, it allows us to get you live local news on a day on a day where a lot of local outlets might may be off cycle so uh, especially in the in, especially in radio might be out of the cycle so um appreciate adam joining us appreciate the work he did last night and uh wanted to give you guys more of an on-ground perspective do more of a deep dive you can find adam bass's reporting on wbsm.com does a lot of good work there um and and uh go check it out and uh listen to him tomorrow he'll be in you'll hear him uh in the news segments um, on Brian's Beat, you know, on Brian's Beat, 7 to 9, on Ken Pittman's show, 9 to noon, on Jose Mata, Money Matters with Jose Matos from 12 to 1, and on the Jess Machado show from 1 to 4. Uh, and then throughout the weekend, because they have the little news segment that plays throughout the weekend, too. So, uh, great addition to WBSM. We're grateful for Adam, and grateful for you, the the listeners and the in the callers at WBSM, dot, uh, at WBSM and the app chatters on the WBSM app. So, stay tuned. Uh, open phone lines the rest of the show. It's Friday. Uh, whatever you've, uh, whatever, what, uh, whatever questions you got, we got some, we got some app chats here. So, we'll we'll check those out, and uh, I'll we'll be back soon. Hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. So um, just some app chat messages. Uh, poor communities with more people of color have higher tax burdens than communities like Cambridge or Boston. Communities like New Bedford and Worcester get screwed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the problem with... Um, that was from Marcus Uno in New Bedford. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the broader problem with most of the economics in this country right um the people that need the break break the most get to break the lease and vice versa so uh we have an app chat from wally in new bedford uh he's saying he's 
Uh, he's a landlord. He said he's heard about people having hardship finding money to pay rent to, to get to an apartments. He's had a few evictions in the past month and fixed up apartments that started sh- and started showing the apartment for $1,400 in two days. Must have had 50 to 100 people come look, and the majority of them were ready to, to sign the lease. He even had calls from Boston interested. So he doesn't know where, get pe- people are, uh, where people are saying they can't afford rents. Yeah, I mean, so $1,400 at this juncture actually is, a, I think, a fairly reasonably priced apartment in, um, in, in New Bedford. And, I mean, just because you're getting a lot of eligible applicants doesn't mean there isn't probably a few hundred more or a few thousand more that aren't able to cover that rent, to cover that $1,400 a month, uh, $1,400 a month rent. And the, one of the reasons why housing is such an issue too is not just because there is a problem of affordability for a lot of people, but there's also a, a problem, even the people that can afford housing are unable to, unable to, um, find there there is a lack of uh, of availability. The people that can't afford housing are unable to find available apartments. For I don't uh, I don't know how many beds or baths in that. I don't know, I don't know how many bedrooms that apartment is. Um, but fourteen hundred dollars for New Bedford actually seems pretty good these days. I know there's a lot of people living in one bedrooms in New Bedford that are paying like two grand a month. Right. So that seems actually like a pretty decent deal. So it makes sense that there's probably without knowing too, too many specifics, it makes sense. There's probably a lot of people that are willing to um, willing to get into that, get into that apartment. So that, you know, that's good that you're able to fill that very easily. I think there are landlords that are able to fill housing. And I think that's part of the problem. It's there's 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 a limited there's a limited supply of housing. So when you do get an apartment, particularly an affordable one, particularly an affordable one, that one's going to get filled pretty quickly, right? So there needs to be a greater increase of supply, a greater increase of housing stock, um, particularly market rate and affordable housing um, that needs to go up. Part of the reason why, you know, uh, HDIP is going to be really important, expanding the housing development incentive program, uh, which... I know the Healy Driscoll administration is looking to quintuple the amount of tax credits that are available from 10 million to 50 million. I was actually at a building in Fall River uh, called the Creative Class, um, where it's a pretty cool building. It's it's unique in that it has studio space and it has um, it has uh, uh, entrepreneurial uh, space. It has the facility called Groundwork where people can get a co working space, but it also has a um, it also has uh, housing market rate and affordable housing. So that's, uh, but what the developer, Alan Macumber had said to the governor when I was at their uh, round table on Tuesday was that the HDIP program was really important to get that going, uh, to get that project off the ground. And actually he said, there's some projects that he wants to get off the ground, but they're not sure what's going to happen on HDIP. So at the state level, expanding a lot of those programs, getting some development going here in New Bedford is going to go a long way to, 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 to help uh, solve that issue. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hi, Marcus. Where's your sidekick today? Oh, he's out today. He'll be back next week. All right. Anyway, I just just to change the subject on Howie Carr, I heard they're having a real devil um, um, protest or some kind of big thing up in Boston. Did you hear about it? Mm. About the um, um, transgender stuff? 
They're burning Bibles and everything. Are they? Yeah, you can look it up on your um, phone or whatever you have there. You can check it out. Yeah, I don't see anything right now that there's in, in Massachusetts. There's they're burning Bibles right now. You're saying? Yeah. What do they call that when they do those those big protests for that? There's one in Boston right now. Because on um, Taylor was on, and I was listening to the end of it at six thirty to seven. There was another girl speaking, and it was about that. She was talking about that. Mm. I'm not familiar. Yeah. I didn't get a chance. I was I was preparing for this show. I didn't get a chance to uh, hear what uh, hear what Taylor had to say about it. Uh, unfortunately, so I'm yeah, not I'm entirely sure on the situation. I, I haven't I yeah. haven't seen just from googling. I haven't seen or looking on Twitter. I haven't seen anything regarding a protest going on right now with respect it's to devil. It's a devil thing. A devil thing. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's real bad. They were talking about. It. You must be able to find it somehow. I'm sure I will. Um, I'll, I'll, All right. I'll look into it. Thanks, Shawnee, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Good night. 508-996-0500. Yeah, I do usually listen to the Howie Car Show on the way in. It's the lead-in program, uh, so it's always good to get an update. I wasn't able to today because uh, I was uh, I was preoccupied. I was uh, doing some stuff for the show, and um, I didn't get a chance to listen, listen, unfortunately, but... I'll take a look at that and see if we can find anything. But go go to WBSM.com. We've got some good stories up. Uh, we got some good stories up for you guys to check out. There is a story. Um, Mayor Mitchell, uh, Mayor Mitchell's office uh, secured a an agreement with the AFSME union, which is a city you know um, unionized uh, unionized group of uh, city employees. So uh, the contract, I believe, has been ratified. Um, the The full details are there, but uh, you know, I think it amounts to uh, about four million dollars and a four point seven five percent per hour increase for the average employee. So they were under, you know, they were in contract negotiations for a while. It looks like they've come to an agreement. Uh, with Mayor Mitchell's office. So go check that out. Also got a story on the New Bedford Police's um, unveiling of their suicide awareness patrol car, um, which I was at. It was a great event. Check out that story on WBSM.com. Take a look at that patrol car. Man, that looks good. It looks really good. So uh, check it out. They had the autism awareness patrol uh, patrol car as well. Um, some pretty pretty cool um, designs and, and some pretty cool looking cars as well. So go check that out on WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. So 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So I'm going to take a break and we will be back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> a heads up before something bad happens. You should not send that text. Uh-oh. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihadprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. This time next week, I'll be sick in bed with West Nile virus. Thanks to a mosquito bite right in front of my house. 
In eight minutes, my daughter will be in an ambulance, having an asthma attack, triggered by cockroaches. I'm going to be bitten by a tick today. I won't even know it until Lyme disease turns my life upside down. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, like a date with my wife, or going out together with my family and friends. Things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You don't have to stick by your radio to hear all of South Coast tonight. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or download their podcast. South Coast Tonight continues now. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. You can also take your messages on the app chat. I wanted to point out something about the meeting last night. So there was a rally, right? And Adam Adam says it was fairly well attended. 50 to 60 people is pretty good. I saw, again, some um, spirited discussions from people in the crowd. Uh, um, you know, the sort of, sort of an open mic format. People got to speak about it. They, You know, people in support of the rent stabilization uh, ballot question. Basically, and, and, you know, you guys know, it's just to ask people whether or not they would want the city to move forward on it. Now, they said the fight doesn't end here, Right. Uh, that that uh, that was organized. Uh, Eric Andrade organized it. I saw Marlene Pollock from the Coalition for Social Justice. A lot of community leaders um, that were um, that were uh, that were out there. Shane Burgo, of course, was out there um, giving a speech as well. Um, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting is I saw uh, I saw a video by Eric Andrade after the meeting where he had said they're going to start running candidates. Um, on this issue against those people, uh, against those candidates who voted against the rent stabilization ballot question. So we talked about this. Chris and I talked about this last night where, you know, you're going to see some you may see some candidates come out and run against the counselors who voted for this. But you're also going to see people come out who are against the counselors who voted against the ballot question as well. So I think there's going to be some organization behind those efforts. And you wonder how much Councilor Burgo will get involved in those uh, in those in those races, because he'll probably want to build a coalition of, of councilors that are going to support him on that. You wonder uh, how effective of an issue uh, that's uh, that that is um, that it's that it's going to be. But I think there's going to be some strong organizational efforts from some, you know, the organization like the Coalition for Social Justice, which is done a very good job organizing for candidates uh in in the past so i think you know you you look at bristol county sheriff paul Haro, right is is uh is i think the prime example of that so um we i wonder i wonder if um 
I wonder what what kind of candidates will come out, what offices they will run for, which which councilor seats they will run for, or maybe even if there is a mayoral term, um, uh, a mayoral councilor, a mayoral candidate that jumps into the race. Because I heard Eric Andrade say we're gonna run, we're gonna start running some candidates. So if anybody lives in this ward and wants to run, or that ward runs wants to run, we're gonna run some candidates. So that's interesting. That could make this a very interesting race. What I say about if you are a proponent of rent stabilization or trying to move that issue forward, I think no better time than now, right? I think if you are in favor of it and you're in the council, you could start putting it together, hold some hearings, put together put together an ordinance. Because I think, you know, I think a lot of times when you're – when you're, when you say, you know, when you propose something that on its face can sound a certain way, once you get into the finer details of the policy, there could be a change in perspective about it. Either way, could be more for, more against. But, you know, there are templates that you can use. There is Boston, right? There is the State House. Um, there are a lot of people up there in, in Boston on Beacon Hill talking about it. So I don't you haven't heard the last of the rent control slash rent stabilization issue discussed in Greater New Bedford. It's something that's going to come up. It's something that's going to be a central issue. Uh, it's going to, something that's going to be a central issue um, to the uh central issue in these in these city elections. So 508-996-0500. Um yeah, so oh so that apartment that's fourteen hundred dollars, two bed, new kitchen, new painting, new flooring, baseboard heating also. That's a pretty good deal. Uh that's a fourteen hundred for that's a pretty good deal. I, I I'm not surprised there's a lot of there's an ample amount of applicants. I, I know that there's some of the loft buildings um, rents are a lot higher than that. Uh, they're you know pushing two grand if they're not two grand for for one bedrooms and two bedrooms. So fourteen hundred is a pretty good deal. I, I can imagine there's you know I think I, th- I can imagine there's a a lot of people that are willing to do that. Especially you got two people going in there, seven hundred bucks a month. That becomes a lot more manageable um, for rent than than you know one bedrooms that are that price because there are one bedrooms that are that price in the city. So, uh, again, improving stock, uh, incentivizing development is going to be big. Um, whether or not rents, uh, there's rent restrictions are going forward. That is a, that is a conversation that's going to take a long time, frankly. You're going to have it's, – it's something that you've got to know that at the very least, you know, the body politic of the state house is, I think, fairly firmly against it. So there are a lot, there's a non-zero mum, uh, number of, of reps and reps that are, are for it. Um, you know, uh, there's a bill that's filed, the Tenant Protection Act, that's filed every session in the state house that has a rent stabilization or a rent control measure. So, I mean, so it could, you know, uh, but you really, it's going to take, it's a years long project. Not that saying that's not worth pursuing, you know. If you're passionate about it, you think it's really going to help, just got to know it's going to take a very long time. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello? 
Hey, what's up? <clears throat> well, um, I had to uh, work late, so I didn't get to hear what Chris Hendricks had to say. I heard you recap that, but I was wondering if he mentioned anything about uh, the House Bill 3697 that he proposed for uh, rent uh, stabilization. And I whether he's withdrawn that now, the New Bedford has not clearly said they want it. I think that bill was for filed by Mike Conley, who was the state rep in Cambridge, right? And uh, I've had Mike Conley on the show. I'll have to get him back on soon. But um, it was filed by Mike Conley. And uh, well, well, I went to a meeting and uh, uh, Chris, uh, I guess, co-authored it. Okay, and that's why he was. Promoting it, but did he mention it at all? He mentioned he mentioned he mentioned rent stabilization, rent control. He said it's a conversation worth having. Said you know the rent. He said the cap that's five percent, like it is. um, That's like that's been proposed in I think Boston. He said it'd probably have to be a lot higher than that. The 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 five percent cap. Um, So he's still supporting that. I think he's. I I think his his he's expressed um, openness to it. Well, say. he was supporting it at the Keith uh, Middle School sure. meeting. Um, well, maybe he was. I'm just saying, yeah. ma- based on what he said here, I-, I would categorize it as openness. Now, uh, uh, a point or two that you made, I would uh, uh, enjoin it. And that's uh, basically, we have had no serious discussion, mm-hmm. debates, pros and cons. None. With uh, references to experts. Uh, pro and con, economists, etc. You exactly. mentioned Oregon I, uh, about that. Uh, what, what did New Bedford Light's uh, recent article uh, inform us on uh, that I heard about but haven't seen? Well, so I'll tell you what. I, I got to take this break, but if you want to call back, we can talk more about that because I'm up against the hard break. Okay, um, so very I, good. All right. Talk to you soon.